0: Hello everyone and welcome to this session of scatter groups. It's great to have you participating today This session is our last one for this month and then next month. We're taking a break So we'll have four weeks off so March Uh, we won't have scattered groups but then we'll resume in april we may rework some of the groups if your group has more than 20 people let's say and really our goal is to have 16 or less participants not including the young young kids that may not contribute to the conversation but basically if, if you have a large group let's divide that up if you have 20 or more people let's divide that up if you want to possibly host then talk to Natalie about that. And if you're not yet in a Scatter Group, talk to Natalie about joining the Scatter Group. We'll assign you one. There's groups meeting on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And so we're really blessed to offer this. In the meantime, we do have Everyday Carry Christian. So during the month of March, you can tune into. There's a weekly podcast slash broadcast called Everyday Carry Christian. You're welcome to tune into that. In the meantime, but then in April we'll resume with our study here in First John. That's where we're at. First John chapter four, letters to or uh, from my friend John, and we'll eventually get all the way down to uh, Third John as well. Let's pray, and we'll jump right into our study. Father, we thank you for this time to gather in the fellowship, to encourage one another, to be challenged from the Bible, and to uh, have a great discussion, healthy discussion, and we pray that you teach us more of your word today. Let us know you better, represent you more well to our, ourselves and to those around us, and uh, we pray that you'll answer the prayer requests that we offer in just a little bit as well, that your will be done there. So bless the study now we ask, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, First John chapter 4. There were many false prophets back in John's day. And in the Greco-Roman religions of that era there was a high interest in secret or privileged knowledge and information. They had a fascination with supernatural mysteries. There was a proliferation of personal dreams and revelations, oracles, and interpretations and magic and astrology. Furthermore, there were numerous exclusive groups offering initiation into higher knowledge. And they wanted to have their own personal take on what salvation was. Roman military leaders would keep a Syrian prophetess named Martha. There's one one particular Roman leader. He kept a woman named Martha uh, to furnish his army advice on important decisions. And she was a, quote, prophetess. Roman Senate, the Roman Senate, you've read about them or heard about them in history. Sometimes they would settle an issue according to a prophetic announcement. They would say, bring a priest or priestess in and let's ask them to offer us a vision or prophecy and then make a decision based upon that. So the idea of esoteric or ethereal uh, information or knowledge was a big deal back in that day. By the way, there are still secret cults and secret societies that propagate similar ideas even today. Gnosticism is a variety of second century religions whose participants believed that they could only be saved through revealed knowledge. It's Gnosis. I like the word Gnosis, knowledge. It's found many times throughout the New Testament. But Gnosticism, Gnostics held a negative view of the physical or material world and they wanted just to fill their minds with knowledge and being smart and learning things that's a positive thing but they said there's nothing else there's no value to physical and real life things and so uh, they focused on things that no one else knew secret type type thing secret societies formed out of gnosticism if you're aware of any of those docetism was the doctrine that the Lord Jesus Christ did not actually become flesh, and he merely seemed to be a human being. This is one of the first doctrinal heresies that uh, appeared in the early church and contended with the early church. Well, the apostle John here is finding a battle with Gnosticism and Docetism, and he tells us a little bit about it. Let's read the first six verses of 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, A term of endearment. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. Okay, give it a test. Whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Okay, those who propose docetism and gnosticism, just to name a few. Hereby know we the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh is not of God, and this is the spirit of Antichrist, against or instead of Jesus Christ, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Verse 4, such a positive, encouraging verse. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world they are of the world therefore speak they of the world and the world heareth them we are of god he that knoweth god heareth us he that is not of god heareth not us hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirits of error it's a false prophet who would offer secret knowledge and they would say this secret knowledge is even better than uh, than the real spirit of Christ. The false prophet would say, here's a better way of thinking, or a better way of looking at things. These false spirits are from the world, so they think in a worldly way, they're not thinking of the world to come, and they're looking at the world from this world's perspective. The false spirit, in addition to Satan himself, are of this world. And so they are trying to replace Christ in ideology and really be against Christ altogether. That's the idea of the spirit of Antichrist we looked at that a message or two ago. And the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians twelve three, wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy ghost. So one of the things, and one of the ways you can tell someone's a false teacher or has a spirit of antichrist is, is what do they say about Jesus? And how do they describe who Jesus Christ is? I'm here to share this message that there will be opposition to Christian thinking there will be opposition to Christian thinking. If you believe, and maybe you've observed this, that anti-Christian attacks have skyrocketed over the last decade. So this report came out just last week on February 23rd. Attacks on churches have increased 800% in less than six years, more than doubled over the last year, according to this family Research Council report from just last week. Documented attacks of anti-church hostility included attempted bombings, shootings, satanic vandalism, numerous attacks based on Christian bias due to support for abortion or uh, extreme transgender ideology. Some constituted unpunished election interference. And uh, so you have a lot of different reasons or motivations for people are saying that they're against Christians and against the church. There were 709 acts of vandalism, this is just all the reported stuff, 135 completed or attempted arsons, 32 bomb threats, 22 gun related incidences, Uh, 915 acts of hostility against churches, that's from January 2018 to November 2023. 61 other incidences including assault threats, interruption of worship services. Now, contributing to all of this uh, anti-God ideology and resentment towards Christians are the media and social instruction institutions, namely colleges and schools. A majority of those would teach things that are against God, not just even a neutral way of presenting whatever they're teaching. Now I'd like to give you three encouraging truths in this antichrist age, because there is going to be opposition to Christian thinking. We're going to feel the brunt of that, and if we haven't yet already, and if you haven't experienced that yet. So, how do we have encouragement in this Antichrist age? Uh, the first way is in verse 4 Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. If you're a, a Christian, you've trusted Jesus Christ, you believe in the pre-incarnate Jesus who lived a perfect life, took your sin to the cross, shedding his blood for you, died in your place, and rose again on the third day. He ascended into heaven, and yes, he's coming back for us one day. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then you are from God. That means we are related to God as brothers and sisters in Christ. He's our father and we are in Christ, not outside of Christ, but in Christ. No spirit can declare that Jesus is the Christ of God. And notice how the phrase there is in verse two, we'll bring this out again. It's also in verse three, that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh. And it says, Jesus Christ is of God. And that's so important, but no lying spirit can declare that Jesus is the Christ of God, and therefore it could not be a Christian because it's denying who Jesus really is. There was the forerunner to the present-day charismatic movement, and modern Pentecostalism was called—it's um, it's sometimes called Irvingism. Irvingism, founded by e- Edward Irving, back around um, 1792 to 1834 and he was deposed as a heretic from the Presbyterian ministry in 1832. Well, Irving and his associates were deeply interested in the gifts of the Spirit, especially tongues and prophecies and healings and raisings from the dead. When author described some of these things that took place, he attended some of the tongue-speaking meetings of these Irvinites in order to test the spirits who were making utterances. He wanted to know, like, what are these people talking about? And Are they legit? He and his colleagues applied the test that, that was demanded here of the Apostle John, if they could confess that Jesus Christ is the uh, is God in the flesh, that he has come in the flesh. And so he wanted to see if these people involved in this and these spirits that were involved in this charismatic type um, environment, if they could actually say that Jesus Christ is uh, come into flesh. But they discovered that when the person speaking through the medium was challenged to make a confession, that he would totally ignore that challenge. That in of itself was sufficient to prove the presence of a lying spirit, since the Holy Spirit has pledged Himself to make the appropriate answer. When the questioner persisted, Spirit, do you confess that Jesus Christ has come into flesh? His spirit was evasive. The spirit would say something complimentary about the Lord, saying something that's essentially true, but does not equal to the answer, the correct answer to the question. Again, evidence of a presence of a lying spirit. But the deception went even further and alerted the interrogator to uh, challenge the spirit for a direct answer to the question, is Jesus Christ come in the flesh? He would, he would keep asking this when driven to the wall the lying spirit would release the medium and allow the human instrument allow the person then to speak for himself to declare whether he believed or not that Jesus Christ was come in the flesh now we don't in our type of church we're not really interested in in this type of spiritual supernatural um type type thing here that i just described but some churches are some people are are really into this. We're not into the charismatic movement. And, And part of the reason is, is because of how these spirits can lead people astray. And it's not something I'm really interested in, but isn't that very telling? There are false spirits in this world, and they can't say, they cannot say that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh. They'll say anything else, maybe even something nice and partially true but not the correct answer to this. So, first encouragement, we are of God. And if you know Christ as your Savior, you can say, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Now, God is greater in verse 4. He tells us very plainly that uh, ye have overcome them, because he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Think about Satan for just a moment. He's a creature of great power and skill. I'll just read this description, as one writer put it. He has vast experience. Before he introduced the mystery of iniquity into the universe, he was the highest of all created intelligence. He was the anointed cherub, Lucifer, son of the morning, the choir master of glory, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty, ablaze with gems, with his place on the holy mountain of God, able to walk in the midst of the stones of fire. So great was his influence that a third of the heavenly hosts followed him and now uh, own his power and, and do his will. Though he has become a warped, twisted, and bent one, the serpent, clothed with titles of infamy, he retains much of his former wisdom and power. Now however, those attributes are dedicated to wrath, malice, craftiness. And hatred. He hates the human race with a passion. He wishes nothing but ill towards us and summons all of his resources to keep this world in thrall. While he lacks in omnipotence and omniscience and omnipresence, he seeks to overcome by the strategic employment of that countless horde of evil, spiritual beings, these uh, spiritual um the spirit that the Bible is describing here, the spirit of Antichrist. He has unseen agents everywhere, able to assign even 6,000 of them back in the days of the time of Christ on earth in Mark 5, when he puts the legion there just in one man. So he has a lot of power. He has a lot of unrestraint against us. But we are conquerors in Christ. You're a conqueror. You're a winner in Jesus. Jesus is more powerful than your enemy, Satan. Jesus is more powerful than the spirit of antichrist that we see around us. Jesus is more powerful than those who hate you because you love Jesus. And take courage with this, because you and God are a majority, even though there's the diminishing of Christianity all around us. And Friends, Jesus is more powerful. The empty tomb proves that. Jesus is not dead. He is alive. This is evidence that we can then be winners in Christ. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. What shall we say to these things? If God before us, who can be against us? Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So what problems have risen because of anti-God ways of thinking in your life. God is greater. What problems have you experienced? What persecutions may come our way? Because people are being brainwashed with this anti-Christ thinking, what persecutions are going to arise in your life? God is greater than His potential and soon-coming persecutions. The end time had already begun in John's day, and how he describes us and what we see is very clear it already begun john wants us to know two things about this age-long battle the first thing we are invincible in the struggle are there going to be difficulties yes problems arise yes things we don't like to experience absolutely but greater is he that is in you we are more than conquerors already and john also wants us to know we're indwelled by his spirit the spirit of god is dwelling in you as a Christian. And Jesus even said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. So his spirit is in us. We are of God, God is greater, and we hear God's words. In verse 6, as he concludes this paragraph, we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The Apostle John affirms this truth. He says, if they're not listening to what me and my Christian friends are saying about Jesus, if they're not listening to this truth about the gospel of Jesus Christ, then they are false teachers. If they're not listening to truth, they must be listening to errors. How do we know a person is a false teacher? He does not believe what John is confessing and teaching about Jesus Christ coming in the flesh. How do we know true teaching from false teaching? Did Jesus come in the flesh? That's your basic question. Did Jesus Christ come in the flesh? Yes or no? Yes, he did. False teachers deny that Jesus, the Son of the living God, came and lived life in the flesh. Now, I'm not just talking about historical Jesus, or uh, Jesus is not God, or Jesus is God and not man. No, Jesus Christ, the, the phrase Jesus Christ means Jesus Christos, and the word Christos, Hebrew, is Messiah, so Jesus, the anticipated and long-awaited Messiah. It means the Anointed One. Jesus, the Anointed One, the Anointed One of God. And that equals to Him being God in the flesh. If someone can't affirm that, Then they believe maybe in a historical Jesus, or they would say that he was God, but just in spirit form, or they would say he wasn't God and was just man. But we know that God came incarnate in the flesh, and God died on the cross. Jesus died in our place with our sin there at the cross, and so he is the anointed one. The world has no trouble accepting an emasculated Christ such as the one preached by the Jehovah's Witness, or a carnal Christ, as proclaimed by the Mormons, or a metaphysical Christ, advocated by Christian science, or a de-supernaturalized Christ, as presented by liberals, or a ghost Christ, as recognized by the Spiritists. People who proclaim all these different versions of Christ are denying that God the Son, Jesus the Christ, the Anointed One of God, The Messiah has come in the flesh. They're denying the gospel. They're denying the the power of Christ in in his saving us from our sins by being uh, God taking our place. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And 1 John 5, 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ is, bo- is born of God, and everyone that loveth him, that begats, that begat love with him also, that is begotten of him. So you love Jesus, you love God. You love God, you love Jesus. There will be opposition to Christian thinking. So I hope you have some good discussion here, and then take some time to pray with your group. God bless.